I think to really heal men, we can really heal the world because when it comes to relationships, it's a space for both people to grow. But a man who's disconnected from his emotions, from his feminine energy, who is like shuts it down, will not be able to be available for his feminine partner to express, right? And like the feminine wants to be expressed and wants to feel safe. Welcome to the Bro Novo Podcast, the podcast that models healthy communication for men, empowering them to start the journey of self-work. Now here's your host, Thomas Pierce. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Bro Novo Podcast, where we do what? Let me hear you say it. Model healthy communication for men. <laughs> I have an awesome guest for you this week. As always, please rate the show wherever you're listening and send it out to a few people who you think would benefit from it. My guest this week is Lauren Pilgermeyer. She is an incredible life coach that I met in her yoga class in Philly. Turns out she knows my sister via the yoga community in Philadelphia, so we connected. And I'm so happy we did because she is incredibly insightful and has a lot of relevant takeaways about how to connect with ourselves, how to show up for ourselves. And how to kind of change the mindset around what we're doing in our lives and, and checking in with is what we're doing really serving us and, and some actionable steps about how to make adjustments if it's not. So without further ado, please enjoy the show. And we're live. Good morning, Lauren. Good morning, Thomas. Thank you so much for coming on the Bro Nouveau podcast. I appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me. Yeah, for sure. So your natural coach was coming out there just even in the intro and you're you're telling me not to judge my own growth or lack of. Yeah. So I, I think that's a cool place to start. Okay. <laughs> it's funny you say like the, the natural coach in me, because I feel like that that shows up daily and that's probably why I, I became a coach. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I was I was reading about your your background and so you had a you know decade long career in sales and I imagine you sold a lot of stuff just from meeting you a few times and, and your energy and your communication skills. So Maybe we can begin the the narrative there. So you ended up in a sales career and then ended up switching out. So what did you learn from that sales experience that that served you well? I mean, I would say, speaking of growth, I, I mean, going into, <laughs> I started with a really a really big company right out of college, a great company, wonderful company. I was really grateful to have that opportunity, and I think I I learned just kind of like business one on one, you know selling 101 and starting with like an organization like that was kind of just like jumping in. So I think from the 10 years of like being with a company like that, growing with a company like that, it became kind of like a family. And I I knew that I loved people and I knew that I loved working with people and encouraging people, which led to sales, which led to, you know, the development of relationships. I just always felt this pull that I was supposed to be doing something different. Like I wanted to take those skill sets, but I cared about, I didn't care about, you know, I'd, I'd go out and work. I was, I started as a salesperson and then I ended up as a trainer. So I'd go out and work with people in the field and I'd find myself caring more about like, did they actually like the job that they were doing? Did they feel fulfilled? Like what was going on with how they saw themselves versus the actual selling of the product? So I always felt like I was wanting to go deeper on things and I was working more at a surface level. So what actually you know, made me successful there was the ability to connect with people, 
I just always felt that pull to want to connect on a deeper level. Sounds a lot like me. <laughs> Cause I'm, I'm in a sales job. I don't know if I told you that also. So for context, we met at a yoga studio in Philly. I'm home right now. And turns out, you know, my sister from the yoga scene, that's yeah. kind of how we met, which is really cool. And yeah, so I, I'm in a, a sales, you know, like a sales career at this point. I think it's fair to call it. It's been about four years of that, that work. And yeah, I think this podcast is kind of a, a similar outgrowth of that, you know, cause I, I'm someone who always finds myself kind of wanting to go deeper in, in conversation. And there's a way to leverage that to make a career and make, you know, make money out of it. But I think it's really cool that you, took the jump. So we've had a lot of entrepreneurs on the show and that's something that really fascinates me because it takes a certain courage and a, a leap of faith, so to say, you know, to do that, right. To give up the stability, give up, you know, a lot of the certainty and the, you know, the set paycheck and the consistent income. So how has it been going for you as far as maintaining lifestyle, maintaining peace of mind, you know, and, and, and then, yeah, how about that, that piece of it? Cause I feel like a lot of people might be listening and resonating with what you're saying, you know, about, oh, I have this passion and something, you know, I see a path for myself that's more rewarding than what I'm doing currently, but there are always blockers. Well, here's, here's what I'd want to say. And this is how I want to preface this, because I think we always think it's the job. We think it's the relationship. We think it's something else like, oh, it's just this job that's making me so unhappy. Or it's if I had the money or if I was doing something else. And what I've learned is it's never truly about the thing that you think it is. Like I had like a wonderful job. I worked with a wonderful company, but it was that I was doing the work as a, I was a people pleaser and I wanted to do a good job, but I wasn't necessarily listening to what I truly wanted. And so I think when it comes to making a change in your life, getting to the root of what do you really want? Because I think so often we're not really sure. It's like, what are the pressures on you from maybe your parents to like, hey, you have to be successful or what do you believe about this? And I think people will be like, oh, I'd love to leave my corporate job, but I don't know how to do it. And I would say before you just jump and leave, get really clear with what, like, what do you actually need? Because a lot of times I think it's not necessarily the change in job, it's the change with how you relate to yourself and how you see the job. And that's what I've learned. Um, because I definitely, I mean, I gave, I, I thought like I was like, I'm leaving the corporate world. I'm going to go do my own thing. And when you do step out into the unknown, and this is something I've, I've heard and I've experienced is you will be faced with all of your, your self doubts, your limiting beliefs. And that's why they say starting a business is like getting a PhD in yourself because all that stuff's kind of mirrored back to you. I think when you're with a, another company, you can kind of do the, here's what we all do. This is how it goes. But when you're starting something on your own, you're very much faced with you. And so you don't necessarily have to change a job to find that happiness, whatever you think it might be. I would say before you even make a shift, like get really clear with, with why you want to do it. Um, Versus is it a solution because you're unhappy with something specific? Because just like with relationships, just like with jobs, it's it's such an inside job. And so I think we we tend to make decisions on the outside, like changing our exterior world when really it's a it's a it's a connecting back to yourself. And that's what I've been learning the last couple of years since I've kind of left that it's been it's been like a it's been growth, but it's been, you know, I've had it 
I've had, you know, setbacks and, and come up against walls within myself and want to go back and, and you face all that fears. And I've had those moments where I'm like, oh, this is why people don't just leave and start a business. Um, but the key thing is, and this is what I would say too, is, um, is getting the support of people around you because that was a huge thing. I think it's first, if you're going to take a leap or you want to make a change, have the conversations, understand why, what you want, what you want to truly do. And that's going to take you really connecting to yourself, you know, and listening to your intuition and then having the right support in place. Because when you do make a big leap, um, not everyone's going to be on board and your parents, they want to keep you safe. So they might, you know, they're, they might be un, unsure for you. So they're going to kind of project that out. So it really is important to have, um, to be aligned with yourself and then have other people on board to support you. Because I'd say the biggest thing is you, you really can't get it wrong. It's all about what do you want to create in your life? What do you want to experience? How do you want to show up? And trusting that if you step into that, the, the right things will show up. It's not going to always be easy because you're going to be faced with old, old stuff. You know, and when I say old stuff, just like limiting beliefs, things that, that, um, hold us back that the things we think we can't do or we're not capable of that's that's really what it is it's it's so much the the mental game and then creating habits and and thoughts that support what you want to experience for sure that was that i'm gonna get onto that later i I saw one of your shorts about verbalizing and how powerful what we verbalize is and what it kind of reflects about what's going on inside but you said something there about asking oneself, you know, what do I need? And that I think is a huge permission that a lot of people don't give ourselves, myself included sometimes. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's a really big thing. And I think we, you know, we grow up in our family is so influential in how we see the world. And so it's so mm-hmm. much a perspective thing too, you know, how you, how you see yourself and, um, how others see you and being okay with, you know, if when you do make a change or you do step out into something new, um, you know, it's really for you and and you have to be comfortable with it and listen to listen to your intuition. I'd say with a lot, a lot of the work that I do now is just, you know, working with, with men and women to, to support them and trusting themselves and to like listening to that and to get really clear on what feels aligned for them and then taking the action behind it. But it's, mm-hmm. it's so often we have beliefs of, you know, I could never do this. I never saw myself like this. I could never own a business. I could never start a podcast. I That's just not something I could do. And whatever changes you're making, it doesn't always have to be like you have to leave the, the corporate job and go become an entrepreneur. It's, it's what do you actually want? Because there's things I've learned about being an entrepreneur that I'm not a super fan of. Like I love people and I love connecting with people. And the one thing I think that has been challenging, especially during a pandemic, mm-hmm. is... Um, being working independently is I, I, there's so much, you have so much autonomy and freedom. And yet I love to be part of a team. And I've discovered that about myself. Like you, you have, you really um, have to understand what, what feels good for you. And I think sometimes we just don't know how to honor our own, our own needs because we're like, well, I should want to do this or it should be more, or it should be bigger, but whatever it might be, if it feels aligned for you and it brings you joy that's the best thing you could do is do work that fulfills you because you're going to show up differently in your life when you're, when you're meeting your own needs first. And that's, that sounds like selfish, but so often we, you know, the, the whole concept of doing everything for everybody else first, you know, being selfless. If, if you're doing it from a place that I just want to make sure everybody else is happy and not taking care of your own needs, 
down the road, you can really become resentful and Mm -hmm. taking care of yourself first so that you are showing up fully for other people. Totally. I think, uh, I think you'll have a team, you know, you just gotta, I'm sure you'll keep growing the business and one day you'll have a a squad of people working for you and you can be on a team again. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's like, I think, I mean, this, I think the pandemic really opened up you know, for everybody, whatever you were experiencing that was kind of below the surface came up. And so if you Mm -hmm. had a job where you just, you were in an office environment and you just loved, you just loved being part of an office. And that was really what drove you. That was your motivation working from home. You could realize I don't really like the work that I'm doing. And so I think it, it kind of opened up a lot of stuff for people and helped them to see things in different ways. And so, um, just understanding like where you are and giving yourself permission to do the thing. For sure. Something else you said that I want to come back to is the impact of growing up on who we are as adults. You know, that's a massive concept that I think there's a a general awareness of. People are, you know, like pretty socialized to the idea that, oh yeah, like my experiences as a child influenced me. But as I've been learning more and, you know, starting my own therapy and diving deeper into that, I, I didn't realize how what like a direct line we can draw, you know, between childhood and adulthood. It's kind of insane. Totally. Um, no, you don't, like, you don't realize that how much it like on that, that subconscious level of it, it really yeah. runs your life. For sure. So it's interesting to hear you say that in your clients, you know, especially specifically in the context of starting a new endeavor, whether it be personal or professional, that, you know, that socialization from home, impacts people. So do you have any examples of that or kind of, let's frame it this way, ways people, how have you seen people kind of overcome that? Whether it be, you know, like I said, like something more personal, like a weight loss goal or something more structural about changing a career? Well, I mean, it's, it's definitely, it goes back with, with your beliefs, right? Cause we have our conscious beliefs of like, okay, I'm talking to you on this podcast now. This is how this is. But the subconscious is really those, those beliefs that we've just had for so long and they can start, right? We hear them from our parents. They're generational. It's just something our family's always done. This is how it is. It's kind of just the norm. And so that really runs the show. And so when you're faced with, say it's stepping into a career that's going to lead you to a lot of success. And maybe you're the first person in your family to have that. It could feel unsafe to, to grow and to have all that success if it's not, not something mm-hmm. you're, you're used to. And that's where it's like the, whether it's with careers, whether it's with relationships and relationships definitely activate all the childhood stuff. Like those patterns come right up. And the good thing is they come up so that they can be healed. But, but um, you asked for an example, I would say, um, yeah, just beliefs about specifically with money and changing jobs and feeling stuck. I've, I've talked to clients who are doing work that they don't necessarily love, but they're just like, Oh, I'm just grateful to have this, this job right now. Or this is, you know, this is the most money I've ever made, or this is just what, you know, I should be doing. And not necessarily if they truly like it, but they have that belief of this is, um, just how it is. And then it's getting clear, well, is that what you truly want? And then shifting the belief. And everyone has an underlying like belief about something. It's almost like a invisible tagline that you're kind of operating from, whether you're dating or you're you know working, it's kind of like, I feel totally capable or I'm really not sure what I'm doing. It's, it's like we have our stories of who we are, but those beliefs about ourselves, they really run the show. So it's identifying what that is 
and then almost rewriting it and having awareness to it. Awareness is key because so often we just go through the motions, not recognizing that the beliefs that we have about something are impacting our actions. And so we just keep doing the same thing in every scenario, right? So you could be in, you could have the same situation show up in different jobs. You could have the same scenario show up in different relationships, often relationships, you know, the breakups end with similar ways. And you start to see, like you said earlier, patterns with stuff. So it's getting to like, what is the pattern that I'm, what, what am I believing that's creating this in my life? What am I believing about myself that's not allowing me to have the level of success that I want or that I don't think I could just quit my job and move to Italy or um, break up with this person who I don't really know is the the right person for me? And so we so often outsource all those things. Oh, what do you think I should do in this relationship? What do you think I should do in this <laughs> job? And <laughs> I know. It's, oh, it's, my God. That's so me. It's learning to trust, it's learning to trust yourself. <laughs> And Thomas, if you're, you know, you, you're curious about other people and asking questions and like kind of going deeper, I think it's the more you really can connect with yourself, the more you'll understand other people and understand that you have the answers because everyone's just kind of reflecting, reflecting back what we already know. So I would say it's identifying what that belief is that's keeping that story alive, keeping that pattern alive of this is just how it is. We all have the, we have our always and our nevers. The, oh, this always happens to me. This never happens to me. So like a lot of the work that I do with, with my clients is getting clear on like, what are their beliefs about things? What do they actually want to create in their life? What, what kind of relationship do they have? What, what do they want their, what their life to look like? And then what do they believe about it? Do they believe it's even possible? Cause one of the biggest roadblocks to, to having what we want are experiencing the things that would bring us more joy is not feeling worthy of them. So you could want a wonderful relationship and want love, but then not feel worthy of it. So there's this like push and pull happening. And so when there's that wanting, but then not feeling worthy, you're kind of in that, that uh, contradiction or the disconnect. Same with, with work stuff. There's, you could, you could want to change your job or do something different, but then, well, what am I, what would my parents think? Or I don't really know if I could do it. So the key is to line up what you want to create, what you want, your desires with your ability to allow yourself to experience it. If that make does that make sense the way I explained totally. that? Totally. Totally. Yeah, that's that's awesome and I th- I thought earlier when you were talking about our conception of ourselves and I feel like for me and maybe for other people part of changing that conception is to make peace with the current state as well. That's a huge thing. It's just being like like okay, this is where I'm at right now and not judging it. Often yes. I think we judge where we are. We judge what we're feeling like, oh, I can't believe I'm, I'm feeling jealous. I can't believe I'm feeling frustrated about this. And we're often harder on ourselves than we need to be because that can feel familiar if that's, that's just the way you've grown up. Like, oh, I think I made a mistake, so I got to be hard on myself so I don't do it again. And yet you end up creating more tension within yourself. And then it really just, it doesn't, you end up staying where you don't want to be longer. So it's like you said, accepting just kind of here's, here's what I'm feeling right now. Here's what I here's where I am and that's okay. Yeah. And maybe it's because we're in such a outcome oriented society of why that hard line approach is, is more common, you know, cause it's like, want to be successful. We have to perform. We have to have these metrics about our life, whether it's graduate high school, get a associate's degree, get a bachelor degree, get an advanced degree, you know, they're like, there are these kind of predetermined checkpoints in 
in our lives and it's different for everybody and how everybody grew up. But I would imagine that's almost a universal situation. So yeah, it's cool to, that's that maybe a different, different good topic, like getting away from the kind of pre-created checkpoint. Um, so have you come across that in your coaching? Like the getting people away from those kind of checkpoints and giving them permission to, you know, maybe my life won't look like that and that's okay too. Yeah. And that like, it's a huge thing. It's just giving yourself permission. Cause I, we kind of follow this path of like, this is what success looks like. You know, you get out of school, you get a good job, you know, you find a partner, you have a family, you grow, you know, you grow in your career and this is what you do. And it, you know, things, I think today people are questioning, you know, what does happiness look like? What do, what do I really want to experience? What do I want to create in my life? What, how do I want to feel? And, you know, coming back and it's kind of like incorporating, right? Like the, the day to day, the real life, and then like the spiritual side of things. And I think that's kind of the, the balance of it all too, is, is listening to your intuition. And sometimes it's the world, it can be challenging because it's not going to necessarily be like, it's like, well, my intuition is telling me like, I just want to do this. You know, like I, I think in the, the the levels of success is you can get to there. And that's, this is, I think Joseph Campbell said this, you can get to the top of the ladder and then realize it's against the, the wrong wall. Nice. And that's, that kind of impacted me a lot because I kept thinking, oh, I, I, I can keep climbing and doing all this stuff. But then at the end of my life, will I say, oh, why didn't I, I, I didn't, I, I grew with the wrong thing. I should have done something different. But I think it's, what are you happy? How do you feel? Are you contributing? Do you, you know, I think it's important for us to connect with ourselves so that we can serve others better. And that's the thing, like with it's, when it comes to relationships, it's, it all starts with us and how connected you are to yourself and your needs. Because if you're able to connect to your needs and take care of your needs first, you're going to be able to show up for a partner better. You're not going to be like taking from them. Same with like work. If you're, if you're showing up to work that is fulfilling and that you feel aligned with, you're going to do, you're going to do better work you're going to produce better work. You're going to be happier and all of your relationships will benefit. So I think society wise, we kind of, you know, there is this shift to like more mindfulness and connecting to yourself and right. Prioritizing your mental health because it is so important because it impacts everything else in your life. But, but we've also kind of, you know, grown up with the make sure everybody else is okay to taking care of making sure everybody else's needs are met. And it's kind of flipping that back to, well, are your needs met first because you can help everybody else or do what you think you should do, you know, go through the motions. But at the end of, you know, you get to the top of that ladder, looking back, thinking, I'm not really fulfilled. So it's like, well, how are you feeling now? Are you experiencing, can you, can you enjoy where you are right now without resisting it and be open to what's possible and navigating not just what you feel like you should do, but what feels authentic for you. Because I do think so many, if you just think about the most amazing music that's been created or, or movies or art, like those individuals were really connected to themselves and, and they did that thing, whether it was for them or for, you know, initially for them and then to be shared with other people had the biggest impact. And so I, we all have something with that, within us to share and just listening, listening to your intuition. I, I think that's the biggest thing is I know a lot of the women that I work with, it's like connecting to what they truly want. And some women will be like, I don't even, I can't even hear my intuition. And I think today we're so busy. We're so distracted. It's so easy to not be with your own thoughts and whether you meditate or not, 
you know, some people say, I can't meditate. I just don't, I don't want to do it because it can be a lot to have all that space because then all this stuff that you haven't been thinking about just kind of shows up and being okay with all that. That's really where I think the, the, the insights and connecting to your intuition show up in those moments of quiet, but we're so busy or we're on, we're scrolling social media, we're watching Netflix, we're doing all this stuff that we don't even know what we truly want. And I think that's, I think a lot of decisions are made in life and in relationships and where to go to school and what job to get based on what we feel like we should do or what our parents want us to do. And we're not really taught, what do we really want? What do we really want to do? And is it possible? And I I think it depends on, you know, when you grew up and where you grew up and and what you, what you see as, as potential opportunities. And um, I think the best, the best gift you can give the world is to be, you know, align with yourself and do, do the things that light you up because you will, you'll be more inspired by somebody who's embodying it versus just going through the motions with things. And I, I mean, I've learned that myself too. When I get, when I start to get away from doing my own inner work and I get really caught up in coaching and helping other people, I like lose a disc. I start to disconnect from myself and then I don't feel the same passion for it. And then I can feel it from my clients. Like I'm, I'm telling, but not embodying it. And so I think whatever you do, if you're just doing it because you, you love it for the love of the work, whether it's creating art, you're going to make an impact. And so I think we're kind of, we're kind of taught the other way, like go, go out and do for others, which I, I'm such a person of service. I believe that too. I'd say with not compromising yourself, because that's when, that's where at the end of the day, then it shifts and then you become resentful because you can help everybody else. But if you're not filling your cup first, just like right, going to yoga, Thomas is at 615 yoga the other day, like getting to yoga first, connecting to yourself, being intentional, like you're going to show up for that day differently than if you were just to kind of get pulled into your life. So the pause, the the time to just sit with yourself and say, what do I really want? How do I, how do I feel? What do I need so that I can best operate in the world? And And that's where it's not just changing a job or changing a relationship because you still have you. And I I think that's where, where, where most of us, and I've experienced this myself and I've had times where it's like, no, if I wasn't, if I was in this relationship, I would be happier. If if I was dating this guy, I'd be happier. If this was happening or if I had this job and I've had those changes, but that feeling's still the same. And that's where I know it's not just the external thing. It's my belief about it. You know, if you're not feeling good about yourself at your core or you're feeling doubt or insecurity, the the external stuff, the buying the new thing, the getting the new job, the new relationship will just be temporary. And that's where you can look at people and say, oh, they have all of these things. They should be so happy. You know, if I had their life, I would be so happy, but they're not because they're not seeing it that way because we have that emotional side, that subconscious side of us that um, if we don't honor it, it kind of we don't, we don't end up fulfilled. And so it's, it's understanding that, that, that shows up and and knowing without judgment that that's going to run the show sometimes. So if you're feeling frustrated, if you're feeling judgmental about something, not judging it and just saying, okay, this is coming up right now, whether you're going through a breakup or you're in a new relationship, whatever you're experiencing, instead of trying to like push it back and just move on, it's, it's like being with that and just like, okay, this is what I'm feeling. I'm not going to judge it this is okay. And giving yourself that time. Totally. That's tough too. It's like, it's kind of, it's one thing to say, 
I'm, I'm not going to judge myself for feeling this way, but when the ugly things come up or for me, it's like when I do something that is kind of different than like feelings that come up, but just, you know, like acknowledging our failures and acknowledging our, our fallacies and, you know, when we do things we're not proud of, or sorry, I won't project when I do things I'm not proud of, you know, sitting with that, right. And being like, I messed up here. I, I fucked this up. And, you know, how do I want to, how do I want to move forward now? Am I going to, you know, how am I going to see this as a learning opportunity as opposed to just being kind of beating myself up for making a mistake? Right. Yeah. So, well, having just the, having that awareness that you do and we all do, we all F things up and it's not mm-hmm. even, I mean, you really can't mess anything up like in your life, you know, there's no getting it wrong or getting it right. It's just, it's, it's all within your, your mindset and owning that we're not all perfect. We're we're not all good. We're not all bad. We have, we're dimensional, you know, and we have a lot of qualities. And I think we think perfection is eliminating all of the risk of failure or, you know, just getting everything right. And then we do face, um, you know, doubt, or we feel like we've messed something up, then we're super judgmental. And then that adds more to it. I think it's just offering yourself compassion versus like being harder on yourself and knowing that it's, that's just part of life. And we don't always put, we don't always share all that, those parts of ourselves. Like I know I tend to, my default is to, is, is to be positive and want to always share the best. And I know for me, um, right. Sharing sometimes the, the not so great things doesn't always feel good. And I'm learning though, the more that I do share authentically and, and share that stuff, people can understand and connect but we're almost like afraid of oh if i'm if i share this side or if i sh- if i show that i'm frustrated that that doesn't line up with you know how i want to portray myself but it's it's knowing you're not all one thing right you can be kind and compassionate and still be a jerk sometimes and it's giving yourself that grace i don't know if you're deeply listening or you froze <laughs> both <laughs> awesome yeah the other the other topic i i heard you st- uh, speak on on your social media platforms was the idea that if we're verbalizing something, it's been internalized deeply. So, you know, if you say it once out loud, it means you thought it a lot of times internally. Yeah. And that's, and I, I, I mean, the things that we consistently think when you just shout it out, I, I, I've, in my own life, I've experienced it. If I've said something out loud, I have been thinking of it. It hasn't just come out of the blue. And our thoughts that we think over and over again become our reality, you know, and that's where like the, if you, if you're doing something that you're not proud of, or you're just like, Oh, why did I do that? I think a lot of times like the inner child, the un, the unhealed parts of ourselves act out as adults, we self-sabotage. We, we do things that we don't really feel aligned with now because there's a part of us that needs that like attention or that healing. And it's kind of showing up for that. And that's why it's like very important to be conscious of what you're thinking because you can like create everything on the outside to be okay, but like your inner world will always be reflected on the outside. So the more you want to create like doing that inner work and being mindful of what you're thinking, because you can't really think your way into a positive life without actually feeling into it and believing it. You can't just say, Oh, I think everything's going to be great. Like it's, it's the intention and the belief behind it. You can say all the affirmations in the world because right, the, the, the beauty with affirmations is it's like the repetition saying it over and over again, just like learning a language, it becomes part of you, you know, but it's like, you have to really believe it too. So it's, it's not just saying it with like a, 
I don't know about this. It's saying it and believing it. And if you're thinking something over and over again, and then you, you kind of blurt it out loud, it can be something like, oh, I guess I didn't really, I didn't realize I thought that way, or I felt that way. And that's where like, when people are, you know, in an argument, somebody will say something and it can really sting because it's not like it came out of nowhere. It's like the other person can feel, oh, I know you've been thinking that. And so it's, being mindful of what are the things that come up and what are you saying to yourself often? Because those are really what are, are driving your behaviors, like those subconscious beliefs. So if, if you're dating and you want to be in a relationship, but your belief really is, I'm not really worthy, or I have to do this to, to get love, that's what's going to drive your behavior more than anything else. It doesn't matter what you set, what you, what you're, how you're, how you're portraying yourself. It's whatever that core belief really is about yourself. And that's with clients, what I like, what I like to help them find so that they can change it. Cause it's not usually, it's not true, right? I really believe we're all, you know, we're, we're all, we're all already whole and we just have beliefs about ourselves that we're not, that we have to become better. We have to become different. We have to be more when it's really just, you know, owning who we are now and like loving that, that version of us, all of it and starting there and not thinking that, um, something else is going to help us or change us or if if that's making sense. But to what you said, totally. when you say things out loud, it is usually because you're, you've thought of it over and over again. So just check in with your thoughts. And that's why I like journaling and like getting your thoughts on paper is important. But sometimes we don't even hear what we say. You know, we don't even recognize it as a negative. But when you listen to like your, your family or parents or friends, you might hear them say things and you're like, Oh, that's where I get that from. Or that's what they believe. And so it get curious about your thoughts and what other people say, because people are saying things that they're, they're necessarily thinking or I'm sorry, they're necessarily thinking more than once. Yeah. I love that. That really struck me, you know, when I heard you say that in preparing for this conversation, because it's true, you know, and the other one is like the, the equivalent maybe is, you know, that saying drunk words or sober thoughts. Yeah. And that, that's kind of a parallel idea about how things that people say when they're really drunk are things that they maybe never let out or maybe never gave themselves permission to speak. But once they lose that filter, <laughs> it comes out. <laughs> and that's exactly it. And that's where like being aligned with yourself where your sober thoughts and your drunk thoughts are the same. And that's, that's where it's like, if we just brush it over, like, Oh, it's fine. And we don't really say how we feel and get our needs met. Then we act out. And that's where like in relationships too, if you're not, if you're not expressing your needs and your needs aren't getting met, that's when people have affairs or they, they do something else or they sabotage the relationship because they're not actually asking for what they need. They're saying, Oh no, this is good. I'm fine. And that's why it is so important to connect with your emotions and, and honor them because the subconscious too, like, and, and this is also goes the power with your words. Your subconscious isn't sarcastic. It's, it's not your therapist. It's not, it's not like listening, like, Oh, you're feeling this way. It will take what you, what you, what you put into it, like growing up and what you hear over and over again is fact. So it's not like, it doesn't matter if you're self-deprecating, it's not knowing it's self-deprecating or it doesn't know sarcasm. It just knows what you hear constantly becomes what is. And so it's so important to, to kind of clean that up because you can think it's all good. And then, yeah, you go out and then you say something of like how you really feel. And that's why, you know, so often in relationships, people don't say how they really feel for fear of abandonment or 
losing the person or judgment. So they just say what they think they should say. And then that still sits with them. So yeah, it's, it's like looking at your thoughts and not taking them so seriously, knowing that they've been there for a while. But if they're, if your thoughts and beliefs aren't giving you the life that you want, you do have the ability to shift them. And that's the practice. It's not like an easy overnight thing. It's having awareness of them. It's like, oh, for 20 years, I've believed this, but this really doesn't what isn't doesn't get me what I want in my life. So if I can look at this belief and reframe it and then believe something new and then act as if that's how things are, it's almost like a rewriting of, of, of an old belief, a rewiring of the, of the nervous system. Totally. And, and speaking of your nervous system, that's a huge thing. If you've had something that happened when you were younger and it put you in fight or flight, there could be scenarios in your life today that like you get triggered by a person or something just makes you shut down and you physically feel like you can't do it. It doesn't feel safe in your body. And that's, that's an indicator of an opportunity to grow and to heal. and. Cause it will continue to show, to show up until it is addressed. For sure. And I think what you just said about, you know, the subconscious believes what it's told. I think that could be the root of this whole quest to understand masculinity that we're on, on the show is that, you know, if, as men we're told to be okay and that we're told we are okay. Right. So it, it can be, a conflict, you know, when we feel not okay to admit it because we've been feeding our subconscious this thought that we are okay and everything's okay. Don't worry about it. Don't bring it up. Don't talk about it. All that stuff so deeply ingrained that it's almost a cognitive dissonance when we have to acknowledge that there are times when we're not okay. And maybe we're not okay, deeply not okay because of a number of circumstances. So that's a really interesting perspective and kind of makes me understand, I think better what I've been kind of seeking here on the show, which is to understand why are, why are men this way, you know, and and what can we do about it? Well, and I think, I think it's awesome what you're doing, Thomas, because I, I think, I think to really heal men, we can really heal the world because, you know, when it comes to relationships, it's a space for both people to grow, but a man who's disconnected from his emotions, from his feminine energy who is like shuts it down will not be able to be available for his, his feminine partner to express. Right. And like the feminine wants to be expressed and wants to feel safe. And so the more, um, and right. Masculine feminine energy, it doesn't, it's not the gender does everyone has masculine and feminine energy and it's balancing both. But if you're, if you're two on one side of it, right, it becomes that toxic, you know, both feminine and masculine. And for, you know, for a man who, is unable to access his emotions, he's not going to be able to connect. And that's, that's, I feel like women, especially today, a lot of the women that I work with are very much in that masculine energy of like, I want to do a good job. I have to keep myself safe. I want to keep someone else safe. And it's their needs don't get met because perhaps in their work life, they bring all that hustle, but they want to meet a partner who will create safety for them. But they're so in the masculine energy, they don't allow that to happen. And so with both, that's what's important for you to, to connect with yourself and to and nurture that part. So if it's if a woman's really in her masculine energy, it's nurturing the feminine side so that she trusts herself and trusts that she can allow a partner who's in his masculine to show up. And then for men to honor the feminine energy and own that too, and 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 balance both so that it's not repressed and then it it shows up as toxic. 
and, mm-hmm. and honoring both. And I think that's what makes really healthy relationships is being able to communicate both needs and knowing where mm-hmm. each person is coming from. But I think if, I think like healed men will, will can really change a lot. You know, I think that's, it's such a huge thing because then it can create, you know, safe space, safe spaces for women to be expressed, for the feminine to be expressed. And they're not, you're not having to go do all this stuff to prove, you know, you're more being. Amen. Yeah. That's my thesis as well. Cause I think the, to be crude, the shit rolls downhill and, you know, in our society, men are given a lot of privileges and I feel like men will take it out and abuse whoever they can, um, whether it be each other or other, each other or women. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the whole thesis behind the, the program. So thank you for affirming and uh, giving me some encouragement on that topic. And oh, thank you so much for your, for your insights. Oh, you're so welcome. It is. I mean, it's a yeah. huge, it's right that when you're, when you don't, when you can't connect with yourself, you're going to seek all that power externally. And I think that's what we see today with like, just, just power and a little bit of corruption is, is men trying to become more powerful by all the stuff that they're accumulating versus just connecting to their authentic power and, and, and showing up that way. Totally. My takeaway too, is what you said about like the answers are within. I, I, I mean, I've heard that so many times, but I haven't given myself space to dive into it enough. So that's my, that's my free coaching tip from Lauren today. <laughs> really, truly just trusting yourself. I think that's the biggest thing is I've, I mean, on this journey, I've been on myself and all of the coaching programs I'm taking and the coaches I've worked with and, and my own experiences, it's, it's, it's learning to listen to you because only you know you and trusting, trusting that inner knowing and that guiding, that guide system, it, it will lead you where you need to go. It can be, it can be hard to hear it. It can also be hard to listen to it because it doesn't seem like, well, I can't just do this because we have all those beliefs that can contradict it. But listening to that, that inner voice and that intuition really can guide you to where you need to be. And I'd say listening to your intuition, trusting yourself and being open to, to more possibilities and not having to figure out the whole plan right now and just right coming back to presence. Beautiful. Well, with that, we'll pivot over to the the three things game. Okay. Awesome. Staple of the Bro Nouveau podcast. Okay. So what month is your birthday in? August. Oh, same. Uh-oh. What day is it on? August 8th. Nice. Hell yeah. I'm August 12th. Oh, you're Leo. Oh, Leo. Leo gang for sure. August is, had... the best, is the best birthday month. Yeah. That's why we're vibing because Leo vibes are fat. <laughs> I had a I had a guy on Jonathan a few weeks ago. We were both on August twelfth, and I actually like freaked out. I was like so excited. <laughs> no, it's random when someone has like when you have a birthday twin. Yeah, it's fun. Okay, so your birthday is sooner on the calendar, like coming up next. So here's your question: What are three things you have learned from spending time alone? Hmm, that's a good question. I'd say just how to, how to really enjoy my own company. Nice. That I really love my taste in music. Just more, I guess more, just more connected to, to the, to the presence of, in the now being, being alone and feeling this is kind of another answer, but like realizing it's okay and kind of savoring it. Nice. 
The Power of Now. The Power of Now. Great book. Okay. What are three things I have learned about creativity? One would be, I think it's good to, it's a worthwhile pursuit to find creative expression. So like the traditional, the the traditional ones, uh, visual art, music, dance, conversation. I think those are all really worthwhile. I think two, it doesn't need to be limited to those traditional conduits that we know as creativity. I feel like creativity can be come up anywhere in life. It can be at work by finding a novel solution to a problem or in the home life by like brokering a a peace deal among family without any of them knowing, you know, what's going on like that. That's also creative and that's really cool. Yeah. And I think three, yeah, I think the men I know who are kind of on that path and, and more, in touch with the feminine feminine and the masculine and are not who can hold space and, and, you know, have those positive attributes are have a creative outlet. So I think that's kind of an interesting correlation and yeah, it's good to keep in mind something to having an expressive outlet is, is really valuable. Totally. And I think create, I mean, we're all creative. It's just accessing it and it can, it can come out of nowhere. I think that's, Mm. that's the coolest thing with it. I love that. That's your mindset. Everything, all of these, this abundance is, is uh, innate in us. We just have to unlock it and let ourselves connect to it. Yeah. I think that's the thing. And that's, that's when you can connect to yourself. You're connecting to that part of you. It's almost like you're plugging it into something and you're, once you're plugged in, you don't have to worry about where it's coming, like where the energy is going to come from. You're just in the zone with it. And your creativity is, is whatever feels good for you and what you can share. And I think it's, there's no, there's no one path to it. I think that's also a huge thing. It's just awesome. What's expressing what wants to be expressed through you. Lauren. Well, thank you so much. I'm so happy that we met and oh, took you your so yoga much. class. Yeah. So thank happy. you for your incredible insights. And yeah, thank you so much for hopping on the pod and sharing. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Where can the audience connect with you? So they can connect with me on Instagram at, at Lauren Pilgrimeyer coach. Uh, my website is laurenpilgrimeyer.com. I'm on Facebook at Lauren Pilgrimeyer. And I would say if you go to my website at laurenpilgrimeyer.com, it's um, L-A-U-R-E-N-P-I-L-G-E-R-M-A-Y-E-R.com. I offer 30-minute discovery calls, which is just like a, a Google Meet call just to talk and kind of see where you are and where I could potentially support you. So that's the starting point if you're just interested in potentially working with a coach having a coach is just having someone help you see see things in a new perspective encourage you connect help you connect back to yourself so that you can take action on on what you want so feel free if you're listening and you want to talk more to schedule a discovery call follow me on instagram and uh facebook and podcast potentially i've been yeah here for a while so you would you would crush a podcast. Stay tuned. I've been resisting it for a while. I, it's funny that you asked me this on Friday because I had done a podcast boot camp and it's just been kind of mulling over in my mind. So stay tuned for that. I'm sure it'll be an awesome product whenever it whenever it comes comes around comes to fruition. Well, thank you. Awesome. Thanks, Lauren. Have a great day. You too. Thanks, Thomas. Mm-hmm.